are so excited to be um, on Facebook Live this morning and um, worshiping with you in your homes. Um, Celebrate Church has never been afraid uh, to think outside the box, and that's why I am proud to pastor this church, uh, because I've always believed that there's no box for God and there's no box for His people. Amen? So times change and methods have to adapt, but our God and his message of love and salvation never changes. We're excited to announce that next Sunday, starting May 24th uh, at 1030, we will reopen for in-person, socially distanced worship services. And more details will be posted on our Facebook this week. So we hope that those who feel comfortable will come out and show up. And those who want to stay home can do so and worship from the comfort of their home as well. I want to say thank you to those who have been giving um, over the last several weeks and been faithful to tithe and to give generously, uh, even in the midst of what we've been facing uh, here in our world and in our nation. If you'd like to give online, you can do so by going to celebratepeople.org forward slash give, or you can even text giving. uh, And by doing that, you just text the dollar sign, the amount, And the number you're going to send the text to is 84321. Over the last few weeks, we've walked through Jesus' final moments, his death, his resurrection, and his ascension. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be going through the book of Acts. Walking through a book of the Bible step-by-step is really one of the best ways for you to allow the truth of God's word to penetrate your heart and to develop yourself spiritually. So over the next several weeks, I want to encourage you to read through the book of Acts um, during the series as we go through steps uh, to look at what God's word has to say to us. I really feel like if we didn't have Acts, then we would have no information whatsoever about the church in its early stages outside of the little pieces we pull together from Paul's letters. So I would say that Acts is the most important book in the New Testament. There are two ways or styles of writing history. If you've ever read a history book or uh, attended a class, basically that first way is chronologically looking week by week, month by month, year by year through the history that tells some events. But there's a second way to tell history, and this is what Acts falls into as a category. It tells the events, but it also opens up a series of windows for us to have a glimpse of the people who were important to the story, those great moments, their personalities, their behavior. And so as we start to look at the story, I want to encourage you to pray and ask God to say, God, Open my eyes and help me to read and really fully understand what is going on. Remember, we say around here all the time that context deepens our understanding of the content. So we need to make sure that we understand some of the context of the book of Acts so that we can better understand what it is saying to us. So the book of Acts is all about the early church. It's about the rapid expansion of the gospel and this life-changing message that went throughout the then-known world. It went from Jerusalem to Rome. 
the people who carried this message by the cha- the 17th chapter in Acts are called those who turned the world upside down. And so my goal through this series is to examine how they did that and maybe how we can repeat that even in these days. Go with me in your Bibles to Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. It says this, When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. A few weeks ago, I spoke a message called The Promise of the Father. And I talked about who the Holy Spirit is. It's His power that enabled the message of the gospel to go viral. And I want to share with you over the next few weeks how I think we can make this message go viral as well. We've all seen a video um, that maybe has been called a viral video, someone doing something funny, and all of a sudden overnight it becomes a sensation and millions of views from around the world. Taking that understanding into this gospel understanding I believe with all of my heart that that's God's desire for his word to go forth around the world. So before we move on in the text, I want to tell you a few quick things about the Holy Spirit. These things are based in scripture, and I want you to understand them because we're going to need to know them throughout this series. The first is this, the Holy Spirit is God. We as a church are Trinitarian. We believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We believe they are three in one. This is somewhat of a mystery to our human minds, but simply because it's a mystery does not negate its truth. So the first is that the Holy Spirit is God. The second thing about the Holy Spirit is he is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Bible never refers to the Holy Spirit as an it, not once. He is a personal being, and he possesses a mind, will, and emotions. So, as we go through here, I want you to understand those things about the Holy Spirit that are important. His character throughout God's Word is that he hears, he speaks, he leads, he warns, he comforts, he encourages He calls, he qualifies. Scripture says he gives gifts, plural. I like the sound of that. And if you see him as a thing, not as a person, you won't develop a personal relationship with him. We need to develop a personal relationship with him. I want to tell you a few things in the book of Acts or about the book of Acts that will help inform you about the context. I really think that anyone who writes a book does so with an intention in their heart or in their mind. They write for a reason or for several reasons. And I want to give you three reasons why I believe Luke wrote this book, the book of Acts. The first is to encourage or commend Christianity to the Roman government. 
again and again throughout the, the message in Acts, he goes out of his way to show how courteous the Roman government and judges were to Paul. He was trying to show them that this message was not a threat to their government. The second reason is this. He wanted to show that Christianity was for all people in every country. This was one of the, the things that the Jews found really hard to grasp. They couldn't quite understand this because after all, they knew that they were God's chosen people and they, in their minds, didn't think God had much use for any other nation. But Luke sets out to prove otherwise. And the third reason is this, to show the expansion of Christianity from Jerusalem to Rome. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus actually tells his disciples this, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even to the end of the earth. So, the Holy Spirit hears, he speaks, he leads, he comforts, he guides, and as we walk through the book of Acts, we're going to see more about the character of who the Holy Spirit is. But I want to tell you two other things about the Holy Spirit. And if you've been part of our church for very long, you know that I've preached with somewhat similar points about this because I really believe that they should be drilled into our heads. The next point about the Holy Spirit is that he is your friend God's desire has always been to be present with his people. Think back to Genesis and God walking in the garden with Adam and Eve. Then fast forward, God sent his son to be present, God in flesh, here. And then shortly after he ascended into heaven, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit descended down to us, his people. He wants to be your friend, your friend and my friend. And here's the cool thing. If you've ever been turned down by a friend, you wanted to hang out and they didn't want to hang out. He always wants to hang out. He always wants to be with you. He wants to be in your life and fill your life. God's desire has always been to be with you. And he does so these days through the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. The last thing I'll say about the Holy Spirit is this. The Holy Spirit is not weird, but people are. I love this simple truth. I've met some really weird people in my life, and I'm glad that the Holy Spirit isn't weird. I've said this before, but those who are weird and who have the Holy Spirit were weird before they got the Holy Spirit. So don't judge the Holy Spirit as weird just because you've met a weirdo who claims to be filled with God's Spirit. Don't let that cause you to miss out on God's greatest gift since Jesus Christ. He is supernatural, but he is not weird. Amen? So the Holy Spirit is my comfort, he's my courage giver, he's my guide, he's my helper. I made up some words, he's my convictor, he's my emboldener. 
The Bible tells me that I'm born again by him, that I'm led by him, that I can be filled with him, and that I'm sealed for eternity because of his work. He is the difference maker that you and I need in our lives. In Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, he didn't show up to just make people speak in other languages. The Bible says that he came to empower us to be the witnesses and spreaders of this good news to those around us. I thought about this in the development of my message, and I know it to be true, but it is a hard truth to swallow. The church that has no baby Christians being born is a church that lacks the Holy Spirit. So he did not show up just to make people speak in another language. He showed up to empower that message to go forth. And the thing that we lack most often in our Christian life and in our walk is the influence of the Holy Spirit. So let's talk about what is a witness. The power of the Spirit was going to make them Christ's witnesses in an ever-concentric circles going out from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria, which is a semi-Jewish state. And it would be kind of a bridge that went even further beyond Israel. And finally, the message was going to go to the ends of the earth. A witness is someone who says, I know this is true. In a court of law, if you've ever been part of a case or you've ever watched a, uh, a show on TV about this, you must, as a witness, give your personal account of your experience. A witness cannot say, I think so. A witness must say, I know so. I heard. I saw. So, secondly, the real witness is not words but of deeds. God's deeds in your life are your testimony. And that's the testimony that those around you need to see and hear. Third, this is really interesting about witnesses. In Greek, the word for witness and the word for martyr is the same. In other words, a witness has to be ready to become a martyr. So are you so convinced of this truth that you're willing to stake your life on it? Being a witness means that you are loyal, whatever the cost. So now Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, goes from a zero to a hero. He preaches a message, which is the first Christian sermon ever recorded. And the immediate evidence of the Holy Spirit's influence is unmistakable in Peter's life. He is the one, let's not forget, who denied Jesus three times on the night of his arrest in order to save his own neck. Now he's standing up before thousands of people proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah that he has died and rose again in order to free us from sin and restore our relationship with God. Look at what he tells the crowd in verse 22 of Acts 2. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst as you yourselves know. 
This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. Verse 24 says, God raised him up, loosening the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. In verse 32, it continues, this Jesus that God has raised up and that we are all witnesses of, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. Continue to read verse 36. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you've crucified. Now, when they heard this, the Bible says that they were cut to the heart and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles with them, brothers, what should we now do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort or encourage them. And he said, save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received this word were baptized and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. I just need to point out, and I do every time I talk about the Holy Spirit, in verse 39, it says that the promise of the Father, who is the Holy Spirit, is for you and your children and all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord God calls to himself. The rest of Acts 2 tells us that this moment that was empowered by the Holy Spirit was the birth of the church of Jesus Christ. And so next week, we'll look at the signs and the miracles and the wonders that accompanied the witness of the good news. But for today, I want to ask you to consider two questions. The first question is this. Have you received the Holy Spirit that was promised? There is only one promoter of fear who would want you to be afraid of God's greatest gift since Jesus Christ. He is the enemy of God and the enemy of his people. Each of us, even if we are filled with the Spirit, need to open ourselves up fresh to him today. You may be hesitant because you've met a weirdo, but don't let that stop you from seeking him. You may be hesitant because you don't fully understand him and maybe you can't quote chapter and verse all the theological background as to why the Holy Spirit is who he says he is and what he does being true. Maybe you're unsure, but don't let that stop you from seeking him even today because I truly believe that God wants every single believer to receive the Holy Spirit even today. 
And I've searched and searched throughout scriptures. I've read book upon book and I can find no expiration date to his work, his power or him anywhere listed in God's word. So he is present on the earth today and he's available to you. You need him more than you realize. The second question is, are you a true witness of Jesus Christ in your world? You can do it on your own strength and the message will still have an impact. But the Holy Spirit can multiply the impact of your feeble attempts at reaching your family or your friends or your neighbors. A true witness of Jesus Christ lives their life according to his word. They strive for holiness in their words, in their actions, and in their relationships. So maybe you need to ask him to forgive you for the times that you failed, but resolve today to be a true witness of him this week in your world. Don't let it be something that's ethereal or superficial or sure, pastor, I'll pray that prayer today, but let it be something that you resolve in your heart. God, I recognize I am not the witness I could be and should be. Lord, would you help me? And I guarantee you that God will answer your simple prayer. Even the simple prayer like, Lord, help me to be a true witness of your love and your forgiveness this week in my world. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads with me? I wanna pray for you today and the worship team has one more song that we always do. Take a moment to just connect with the Lord. If you haven't received the Holy Spirit yet, simply ask and the Father who is good will give you the promise that is available to you. If you've not been a good and true witness of Jesus in your world, apologize and repent today. Make a decision in your mind that this week will be different than last. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Celebrate Church. I thank you for the ability for us to join house to house, all around, even those who have gone onto our website and seen this from around the, the nation today. I pray that you would bless each and every one of them. And Lord, would you encourage their hearts to seek hard after you. Holy Spirit, would you help encourage and equip? Would you minister comfort and boldness to those who need it? And Father, would you forgive us for the moments that we've not been a good and credible witness for you? And would you help us this week resolve to be the witness that you want us to be in our world? In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray.